Nigeria, uplifting the people and uniting the nation. It's 10 o'clock. This is the network service of Radio Nigeria. Good evening to you and welcome to the news. I am Princess Boraro. The headlines. President Bola Tinubu to flag off construction of 20,000 housing units in the FCT. Federal government approves additional funding for the establishment of six cancer centers across the country. And police refutes claim of approval for formation of Fulani Nomad Vigilante Group. FCT administration to sanction contractors found wanting in execution of projects. The commentary is an understanding federal government's policy on relocating some agencies to Lagos. This news is streaming live on RadioNigeria.gov.ng. You can always follow us on Instagram and X, formerly known as Twitter, at Radio Nigeria HQ, and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Radio Nigeria Network. Now the news in full. President Bola Ahmed Tinubu is set to flag off the construction of 20,000 housing units in the Federal Capital Territory. A statement by the Special Assistant Immediate to the Minister of Housing and Urban Development, Mr. Mark Cheche, says the event is scheduled to take place this Thursday. A statement notes that the first phase of the 20,000 housing unit is set to be delivered in the FCT, out of which 3,102 units are to be constructed at Kasana. It maintains that the groundbreaking is part of a public-private partnership project signed last year between the federal government and a consortium. It adds that the event would mark the official launch of the Renewed Hope Cities and Estates Program initiated by the Ministry of Housing and Urban Development. The governorship candidate of the People's Democratic Party, PDP in Ogun State, Chief Ladi Adetubu, has been arraigned before a state high court in Abeokuta over allegations of financial inducement of voters during the March 18 election. The arraignment was sequel to the federal government's amendment charges against Chief Ladi Adebutu and nine others. The charges initi initially filed in July 2023 were adjusted to accommodate Adebutu, who was reportedly out of the country, when nine other defendants were arraigned earlier during the court session, counsel to the federal government, Rotimi Jacobs, informed the court about the amendment having served Adebutu, a major defendant in the case, and counsel to the defendant, Gordi Uche's son, did not object the amendment, and Justice Abiodun Akinyemi granted the application. The defendant's counsel, Gordi Uche, requested the court to grant Adebutu bail on self-recognizance, citing that... The defendant was served this morning and he willingly presented himself before the court. Chief Adebutu was granted bail in the sum of one million naira with one surety 
and the case was adjourned until tomorrow for trial. The Speaker, Edo State House of Assembly, Mr. Blessing Agbebaku, has commended Governor Gadwin Obaseki for assenting to the bills granting financial autonomy to the state legislative and judicial arms of government. Mr. Agbebaku gave the commendation on the matters of personal explanation during plenary. He stated that the governor's assent to the bills would further deepen the dividends of democracy in the state. Also speaking during plenary, the member representing Eastern Northeast One constituency, Mr. Emanku Adi, while appreciating the governor for the feat, called on other states to emulate those state by doing justice to the two bills and the interest of dividends of democracy. Meanwhile, the speaker announced lifting of the suspension placed on the member representing Eastern Southeast, Mr. Sunny Ojezele, who was suspended last week. The Network of Peace journalist Keduna has urged the federal government to declare a state of emergency on food security following the growing economic challenges faced by Nigerians. A statement by the leader of the group, Mr. Ibrahima Yakubu, says the daily increase in the cost of living, affecting millions of Nigerians, particularly women and children, has become an issue of concern to media experts. The statement attributes the surge in prices of goods and services to the fuel subsidy removal, which has inflicted untold hardship on Nigerians from different walks of life. And it urged the government to implement practical measures to ease the ongoing hardship. It advocates a synergy and collective consciousness among state governors and regretted that some marketers were taking advantage of the holy month of Ramadan to hold goods, thereby causing a bad situation. The statement further calls on philanthropists, well-meaning Nigerians and humanitarian groups to support the less privileged with adequate palliatives as urgent and practical solutions were crucial to alleviate the hardships faced by citizens. Radio Nigeria. Uplifting the people and uniting the nation. Let's have some peace. Nigerians are peace-loving and hard-working people. And countries only develop and grow when there is peace and stability. There are different kinds of problems in every society and so in every country. If there are problems here, Nigeria is not an exception. There is no society, no country where violence and public disorder have solved a problem. No matter the problem, no matter the issue. Let us sit down like brothers and sisters. Use dialogue to resolve the problems. Remember, you you have to give account of every action you take, if not here on earth, then before your creator. Please let us work together, together for, for a peaceful, peaceful Nigeria. Radio Nigeria, uplifting the people and uniting the nation. The Minister of State for Health and Social Welfare, Dr. Tunji Alausa, has announced additional funding for takeoff of six cancer centers across the country. At a cancer symposium organized by Project Pink Blue in Abuja, the minister said the additional funding approved by the National Assembly is to complement the 20 billion naira mapped out for the takeoff of the six cancer centers across the country. The minister said an administrative bottlenecks coupled with the exchange rate and the economic situation in the country affected access to the 20 billion budget allocated for six cancer centers nationwide during the last administration. The Director General, Nigerian Nuclear Regulatory Authority, Mr. Yao Usman Idris, gave an assurance that the present administration was committed to giving cancer care a much-needed political will it deserves. 
Mr. Idris pointed out that Nigeria has nothing to celebrate on the World Cancer Day following death of cancer equipment and human resources to man them. According to him, Nigeria has only 14 radiotherapy centers in the country, nine of which belong to the government, while five are private and only six out of the number are licensed by the Nigerian Nuclear Regulatory Agency, an indication that other machines may be dysfunctional. On nuclear medicine, Mr. Idris said Nigeria has only two nuclear medicine centers with dysfunctional gamma cameras, both at the National Hospital Abuja and the University College Hospital Ibadan. In response of activities marking the International Day of Zero Tolerance for Female Genital Mutilation, hundreds of women and girls have marched around Abakaliki, the capital of Ebony State, to call for an end to the obnoxious practice. Addressing the women at Government House Abakaliki, the wife of Ebony State Governor, Mrs. Mary Modlin Onwifuru, emphasized that the fight against the practice requires community sensitization, urging the victims to amplify their voices for intervention. Mrs. Umufuru, who was represented by the State Commissioner for Women Affairs, Mrs. Felicia Mwampuma, noted that her pet project, Bao, was ready to dialogue with communities where the act was still being practiced to create alternatives for the people as well as collaborate with the United Nations Populations Fund and other NGOs to rehabilitate and empower the victims. The Director General of the National Agency for Food and Drug Administration and Control, NAVDA, Professor Mojisola Adeyeye, has warned manufacturers to stop the production and importation of alcoholic beverages in small packs as stringent regulatory measures will be taken against them. She gave the warning in Abuja during a news briefing on the enforcement of, of ban on alcoholic drinks in sachets and glass bottles of 200 ml and below across the country. Professor Adeye explained that the most people were at risk of negative effects of consumption of the banned pack sizes of alcoholic beverages, particularly underage and commercial drivers. They are pocket friendly and can easily be carried around by children without being noticed. It is easily affordable and comes handy for commercial bus drivers, pecker riders, Okada riders, who, after consuming them, constitutes a menace to the society. Professor Adeya further reaffirmed the agency's commitment to the implementation of stringent regulations against alcohol abuse nationwide. Meanwhile, the National Agency for Food and Drug Administration and Control, NAVDAC, has sealed three alcohol production factories and confiscated products worth over five million naira in Plateau State. This followed the raid of various factories within the state sequel to NAVDAC's objective to phase out production and sale of alcoholic drinks in sachets, small bottles, and pet bottles. Grace Damulak, who was on the entourage, reports that three suspects were also arrested during the exercise. NAFDAQ had stopped the registration of alcoholic beverages in sachet and glass bottles below 200 mils in January 2022. The decision was based on the recommendation of a committee comprising NAFDAQ, the Federal Ministry of Health, and the Federal Competition and Consumption Protection Commission in 2018. At the end of the committee meeting, producers of alcohol in sachet and small volume agreed to reduce the production by 5% with effect from January 31st, 2022 while ensuring the product is completely phased out in the country by January 31, 2024.
The Assistant Regulatory Officer, Federal Tax Force Investigation and Enforcement Directorate, NAFTAC, Umar Suleiman, explained that the factories were sealed and products confiscated due to non-compliance to the directive to stop production, among other offenses. We visited about seven or six facilities. Some have relocated to East, some are producing, and for the ones that we sealed, we sealed one because of poor GMP, that's good money manufacturing practice and this facility is not registered. He said the agency would leave no stone unturned in achieving its mandate. Hence, it would ensure such products were off the market completely. Mr. Suleiman, who stressed that the ban aimed to promote responsible alcohol consumption and reduce underage drinking, also cautioned against consumption of products not duly registered by NAFDAQ. The agency warned that those found violating its directives would be brought to book. The companies sealed are Good Life Production Factory, BMAC Nigeria Limited, and Stevenson Multi Global. In Joss, Grace Damulak, Radio Nigeria. And the Nasarawa State Police Command says it did not grant approval for the formation of Fulani Nomad Vigilante Group, recently inaugurated in the state by Miyeti Ala Katohuri. Commissioner of Police in the state, Mr. Omar Nadada, stated this during an interaction with the leadership of the State Council of the Nigerian Union of Journalists, NUJ, in Lafia. Our correspondent, Chris Yanto, reports that the command has developed a new strategy to stem the tide of kidnapping around institutions of learning in the state. The visit of the officials of the Nasarawa State Council of the Nigeria Union of Journalists, NUJ, and members of the Correspondence Chapel of the Union to the State Police Command was to interface with the Commissioner on measures the police were taking to mitigate the state of insecurity in the state. Chairman of the State Council of the Nigeria Union of Journalists, Comrade Saliu Alkali, disclosed that since the inauguration of the full and security outfit in the state, there had been apprehension and fear among residents, particularly on the modus operandi of the group. He noted that Nasarawa State is made up of multi-ethnic nationalities who have coexisted peacefully for ages as according to him it was strange for a group to float a security structure purportedly to protect the people. People are not happy. Some people will just come overnight and begin to form a particular vigilante. If they want to do that there are rules and regulations because we know every community if form any vigilante you, you know each and everyone in that community. The commissioner of police in the state Mr. Shehu Nadada pointed out that the police were present at the inauguration of the Fulani Vigilante Group in Lafia to check any breach of law and order, maintaining that it was not an endorsement of the outfit. Mr. Nadada, however, emphasized that the police had adopted new ways of tackling cases of kidnapping and other criminal activities in strategic areas of the state, including schools. I made a proposal to strengthen the anti-kidnapping unit of the command. We have only two teams of anti-kidnapping units, and these two teams cover the whole state. I have intention of trying to expand coverage by having sector in Akwanga, Nasarawa, Karu, sector in Kif. The national president of Mieti Allah Kautol Hore, Alajibelo, Bodejo on the 17th of January 2024 inaugurated over 1,400 youths as the first batch of 4,000 members of the Fulani Vigilante Group in Lafia, the Nasarawa State Capital. In Lafia, Chris Nyamtu, Radio Nigeria. Meanwhile, the Minister of Police Affairs, Senator Ibrahim Gaydam, says that he would explore revenue options to fund policing activities in the country. Senator Gidam hosted this at the opening of a stakeholders conference on internally generated revenue 
organized by the Ministry in Abuja, said more funding would improve the quality of policing and operations. The minister, who was represented by the Permanent Secretary, Ministry of Police Affairs, Dr. Nasser Saniguazo, said the participants were expected to suggest internal revenue options for the ministry and its agencies. Earlier, the Director of Finance and Accounts, Mr. Mrs. Bakri Mudupe, explained that the budget of the ministry always recorded deficit, hence there was there is need to improve the revenue of the entire police formations. A group, Save Nigeria Movement, has urged the National Assembly to support the efforts of President Bola Tinubu in fighting insecurity in the country. At a news briefing in Abuja, the convener of the group, Reverend Solomon Simaka, called on the legislature to come clean over allegations of complicity by lawmakers in insecurity in parts of the country. It has become necessary for us to call on the National Assembly, especially the Senate, to act with all sincerity and fish out the bad eggs among its ranks. An unbiased public investigation is needed to assuage the anxiety of Nigerians at these trying times. Reverend Simaka wondered why the nation's security agents rated very high in Africa was finding it challenging to address insecurity in the country. The convener of Save Nigeria Movement said insecurity had affected everyone regardless of background, hence the need to come together and fight it head on. A Yoruba pan-social cultural group, Afenifere, has renewed its demand for the federal government to allow regional policing. The group, led by Chief, the chairman, Ondo State Chapter Chief Koride Duyile, gave the made the call during a condolence visit to Governor Biodun Oyebanji of Adoikiti over the recent murder of two traditional rulers and kidnapping of school children. He said the reform would enable each region to grow at its speed and give state governors more authority over their security affairs. The areas of security, things are not as they should be. The Amatek, which we have our ground in the southwest, should be empowered. And we want to appeal to the federal government to look into it and find a way to ensure that they are properly armed. The Ekiti State Governor, Mr. Biodun Oyebanji, who noted that the act was regrettable, vowed to bring the corporates to justice. It will be a mark of gratitude on my part. Mr. President really tried. The president was talking to me on a daily basis. Yes, he kept tap on everything, giving appropriate directive, telling him to go and meet what to do. He did not for one day leave us alone. Mr. Oyebanji thanked Afeni Ferry for their support and called on the group members to stay united for the sake of the Yoruba people and devise ways to help governors protect the southwest region. <laughs> Wherever you are in Nigeria, north, south, east, and west, you can't miss Radio Nigeria Network News at 7 a.m., 4 p.m., and 10 p.m. every day. For advert placement and inquiry, contact any of our offices nationwide. Radio Nigeria, uplifting the people and uniting the nation. The Minister of the Federal Capital Territory, Mr. Yinsum Wiki, has called on prominent people living in Hybro in Abuja to pay their tax to enable government to carry out projects for the benefit of residents. He made the call in Abuja while flagging off the resurfacing of some roads in the Maitama district of Abuja. 
Mr. Wiki decried the extent to which some residents, especially the rich living in the Hybrews, were not paying their taxes, a situation he said was detrimental to the development of the FCT. The minister warned that contractors found incompetent in handling projects would lose such contracts and advised local contractors to demonstrate competence and patriotism by ensuring quality jobs were done. They further urged residents, irrespective of party affiliation, to join hands with the government to develop the territory. Next is sports news. Nigeria can count on their star Victor Osime for their African semi-final clash with South Africa after the Napoli striker recovered from his abdominal discomfort and has landed in Buake where he joined his teammates in training. The 25-year-old forward did not travel with the squad yesterday after feeling some stomach pains, staying in Abidjan with some of the national team's medical staff prompting fears that he may miss the game. Osime has played almost every available minute for Nigeria in their 2024 African campaign, scoring once and providing two assists in their run to the semi-finals. The clearance is only for him to travel as he will still need to be observed and will only play if cleared by the team medical staff. And Bafana Bafana coach Hugo Bruce says Tapelo Maseko will play no more part in the Nations Cup but a late replacement will not be called up for the winger ahead of tomorrow's huge semi-final clash. Mameloli Sundown's young winger Maseko who has been used as a super sub by Bruce pulled up with a hamstring injury as South Africa saw a determined cave Verd on penalties thanks to captain Ronwen Williams's four spectacular saves in the penalty shootout. Meanwhile, members of DR Congo's squad have used the opportunity of being in the international spotlight to call for peace in the troubled eastern region of their country. Dozens of armed groups, including the notorious M23 rebels, have long plagued the mineral-rich east of the Central African nation, battling for control of the land there. DR Congo striker Cedric Mokambo wrote on social media, and I quote, Everyone sees the massacres in Eastern Congo where everyone is silent. Use the same energy that you put into talking about the Nations Cup to highlight what is happening with us. There is no small gestures. DR Congo will play Afghan host Cote d'Ivoire tomorrow at 9 p.m. in Abidjan for a place in Sunday's final. The president of the country's football association said the squad planned to wear black armbands against the Ivorians as a mark of mourning and a show of solidarity for those recently affected by the conflict. And that's Sports News, I'm Annabelle O'Quarry. And from sports, we'll move on to the commentary for tonight, which is on understanding federal government's policy on relocating some agencies to Lagos. It is written by Awuhe Teifa of our Kaduna Zono station. The recent announcement by the federal government to relocate some departments of the Central Bank of Nigeria, CBN, and the Federal Airports Authority of Nigeria, FAAN, back to Lagos, has continued to generate discussions and controversies among Nigerians. The federal government has hinged the relocation on reasons that were considered germane to the growth and development of the agencies, and by extension, the country. The Federal Airports Authority of Nigeria, FAAN, for instance, initiated the move to save cost as a statement issued by the Minister of Aviation and Aerospace Development, Festus Keyamo, confirmed that the agency has over the years occupied rented apartments in Abuja. According to the minister, the decision followed a comprehensive consultation between the new management, its unions and critical stakeholders 
who regretted the fact that FAAN was paying millions of naira as rent in Abuja, while its expensive building facilities in Lagos were left to rot. It is therefore important to note that the major intention of the relocation by FAAN is to check waste of public funds and repuff that usually characterize rent payment by government agencies. Besides, it must be known that apart from accommodation that is very important to the smooth operations of FAAN, the Murtala Mohammed Airport, Lagos, in particular, is still and remains the foremost gateway to the outside world. Importantly, the volume of flights and other commercial activities within and around the airport is massive, and therefore, what should be expected is the full complement of staff to attend to passengers, including dealing with other issues affecting operations of the agency. As for the Central Bank of Nigeria, by the way, Lagos is the commercial nerve center of the entire country, and CBN, being a monetary policy regulator, needs to properly establish itself in the city to figure out the direction of commercial and monetary activities. Since announcement of the relocations were made public by the two agencies, there have been agitations and protests from some groups and personalities who kicked against the move and demanded a reversal. Specifically, people were of the opinion that the relocation was meant to underdevelop and marginalize the northern region, although conversers of this theory did not outline in details how the decision will marginalize the north. What the agitators have failed to understand is the fact that some key federal government agencies, such as the National Board for Technical Education, MBTE, National Teachers Institute, NTI, and Nigeria College of Aviation, among many others, have been operating in different locations outside Abuja, rendering their constitutional roles to Nigerians. In fact, there are so many federal government agencies operating in different parts of the country and attending to the needs of Nigerians in their very peculiar and unique ways. So therefore, it is not mandatory that all federal agencies must operate from Abuja. Rather, some of them should have been situated in states where their services will be needed the most. It is time Nigerians reason beyond religion, tribal and ethnic differences for the development of the nation. It will also be wise for Nigerians to rally support with the present government for the revival of alien industries in the country, fight crime and provide jobs for the teeming unemployed youths. That's commentary on understanding federal government policy on relocating some agencies to Lagos was written by Auhe Tefa and read by Joy Marker. And to end the news tonight, here is a quick look at our major stories. President Bola Ahmed Tinubu is set to flag off the construction of 20,000 housing units in the federal capital territory, out of which 3,112 units are to be constructed in Kasana. 
The Minister of State for Health and Social Welfare, Dr. Tunji Alausa, has announced additional funding for takeoff of six cancer centers across the country. The Nasarawa State Police Command says it did not grant approval for the formation of the Fulani Nomad Vigilante Group, recently inaugurated in the state by Mieti Ala Katohori. We also reported that the FCT administration has threatened sanction to sanctioned contractors found wanting in execution of projects. But that's the news is edited by Abubakar Bestu and the production team. I'd like to say thank you to you for staying with us on the network service. Back to our FM stations across the country. I'm Princess Aburaro. Good night from here. Uplifting the people and uniting the nation. It's 10 o'clock. This is the network service of Radio Nigeria. Good evening to you and welcome to the news. I am Princess Aboraro. The headlines. President Bola Tinubu to flag off construction of 20,000 housing units in the FCT. Federal government approves additional funding for the establishment of six cancer centers across the country. And police refutes claim of approval for formation of Fulani Nomad Vigilante Group. FCT administration to sanction contractors found wanting in execution of projects. The commentary is an understanding federal government's policy on relocating some agencies to Lagos. This news is streaming live on RadioNigeria.gov.ng. You can always follow us on Instagram and X, formerly known as Twitter, at Radio Nigeria HQ, and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Radio Nigeria Network. Now the news in full. President Bola Ahmed Tinubu is set to flag off the construction of 20,000 housing units in the Federal Capital Territory. A statement by the Special Assistant to media to the Minister of Housing and Urban Development, Mr. Mark Cheche, says the event is scheduled to take place this Thursday. A statement notes that the first phase of the 20,000 housing unit is set to be delivered in the FCT, out of which 3,102 units are to be constructed at Kasana. It maintains that the groundbreaking is part of a public-private partnership project signed last year between the federal government and a consortium. It adds that the event would mark the official launch of the Renewed Hope Cities and Estates program initiated by the Ministry of Housing and Urban Development. 
The governorship candidate of the People's Democratic Party, PDP, in Ogun State, Chief Ladi Adetubu, has been arraigned before a state high court in Abeokuta over allegations of financial inducement of voters during the March 18 election. The arraignment was called to the federal government's amendment charges against Chief Ladi Adebutu and nine others. The charges initi initially filed in July 2023 were adjusted to accommodate Adebutu, who was reportedly out of the country, when nine other defendants were arraigned earlier. During the court session, counsel to the federal government, Rotimi Jacobs, informed the court about the amendment having served Adebutu, a major defendant in the case, and counsel to the defendant, Gordi Uche's son, did not object the amendment, and Justice Abiodun Akinyemi granted the application. The defendant's counsel, Gordi Uche, requested the court to grant Adebutu bail on self-recognizance, citing that the defendant was served this morning and he willingly presented himself before the court. Chief Adebutu was granted bail in the sum of one million naira with one surety and the case was adjourned until tomorrow for trial. The Speaker, Edo State House of Assembly, Mr. Blessing Agbebaku, has commended Governor Gadwin Obaseki for assenting to the bills granting financial autonomy to the state legislative and judicial arms of government. Mr. Agbebaku gave the commendation on the matters of personal explanation during plenary. He stated that the governor's assent to the bills would further deepen the dividends of democracy in the state. Also speaking during plenary, the member representing Eastern Northeast One constituency, Mr. Emanku Adi, while appreciating the governor for the feat, called on other states to emulate those state by doing justice to the two bills in the interest of dividends of democracy. Meanwhile, the speaker announced lifting of the suspension placed on the member representing Eastern Southeast, Mr. Sunny Ojezele, who was suspended last week. The Network of Peace journalist Keduna has urged the federal government to declare a state of emergency and food security following the growing economic challenges faced by Nigerians. A statement by the leader of the group, Mr. Ibrahima Yakubu, says the daily increase in the cost of living affecting millions of Nigerians, particularly women and children, has become an issue of concern to media experts. The statement attributes the surge in prices of goods and services to the field subsidy removal, which has inflicted untold hardship on Nigerians from different walks of life, and it urged the government to implement practical measures to ease the ongoing hardship. It advocates a synergy and collective consciousness among state governors and regretted that some marketers were taking advantage of the holy month of Ramadan to hold goods, thereby causing a bad situation. The statement further calls on philanthropists, well-meaning Nigerians, and humanitarian groups to support the less privileged with adequate palliatives as urgent and practical solutions were crucial to alleviate the hardships faced by citizens. Radio Nigeria, uplifting the people and uniting the nation. Let's have some peace. Nigerians are peace-loving and hard-working people. And countries only develop and grow when there is peace and stability. There are different kinds of problems in every society, and so in every country. If there are problems here, Nigeria is not an exception. There is no society, no country where violence and public disorder have solved a problem. No matter the problem, no matter the issue. Let us sit down like brothers and sisters. Use dialogue to resolve the problems. Remember... You 
you have to give account of every action you take, if not here on earth, then before your creator. Please let us work together, together for, for a peaceful Nigeria. Radio Nigeria, uplifting the people and uniting the nation. The Minister of State for Health and Social Welfare, Dr. Tunji Alausa, has announced additional funding for takeoff of six cancer centers across the country. At a cancer symposium organized by Project Pink Blue in Abuja, the minister said the additional funding approved by the National Assembly is to complement the 20 billion naira marked out for the takeoff of the six cancer centers across the country. The minister said administrative bottlenecks coupled with the exchange rate and the economic situation in the country affected access to the 20 billion budget allocated for six cancer centers nationwide during the last administration. The Director General, Nigerian Nuclear Regulatory Authority, Mr. Yao Usman Idris, gave an assurance that the present administration was committed to giving cancer care a much-needed political will it deserves. Mr. Idris pointed out that Nigeria has nothing to celebrate on the World Cancer Day following death of cancer equipment and human resource to man them. According to him, Nigeria has only 14 radiotherapy centers in the country, nine of which belong to the government, while five are private and only six out of the number are licensed by the Nigerian Nuclear Regulatory Agency, an indication that other machines may be dysfunctional. On nuclear medicine, Mr. Idris said Nigeria has only two nuclear medicine centers with dysfunctional gamma cameras, both at the National Hospital Abuja and the University College Hospital Ibadan. And as part of activities marking the International Day of Zero Tolerance for Female Genital Mutilation, hundreds of women and girls have marched around Abakaliki, the capital of Ebony State, to call for an end to the obnoxious practice. Addressing the women at Government House Abakaliki, the wife of Ebony State Governor, Mrs. Mary Modlin Onwifuru, emphasized that the fight against the practice requires community sensitization, urging the victims to amplify their voices for intervention. Mrs. Onwifuru, who was represented by the State Commissioner for Women Affairs, Mrs. Felicia Mwampuma, noted that her pet project, Bao, was ready to dialogue with communities where the act was still being practiced to create alternatives for the people as well as collaborates with the United Nations Populations Fund and other NGOs to rehabilitate and empower the victims. The Director General of the National Agency for Food and Drug Administration and Control, NAVDA, Professor Mojisola Adeyeye, has warned manufacturers to stop the production and importation of alcoholic beverages in small packs as stringent regulatory measures will be taken against them. She gave the warning in Abuja during a news briefing on the enforcement of, of ban on alcoholic drinks in sachets and glass bottles of 200 ml and below across the country. Professor Adeye explained that the most people were at risk of negative effects of consumption of the banned pack sizes of alcoholic beverages, particularly underage and commercial drivers. They are pocket friendly and can easily be carried around by children without being noticed. It is easily affordable and comes handy for commercial bus drivers, pecker riders, or cargo riders who, after consuming them, constitute a menace to the society. Professor Adeya further reaffirmed the agency's commitment to the implementation of stringent regulations against alcohol abuse nationwide.
Meanwhile, the National Agency for Food and Drug Administration and Control, NAVDAC, has sealed three alcohol production factories and confiscated products worth over 5 million naira in Plateau State. This followed the raid of various factories within the state, sequel to NAVDAC's objective to phase out production and sale of alcoholic drinks in sachets, small bottles, and pet bottles. Grace Damulak, who was on the entourage, reports that three suspects were also arrested during the exercise. NAFDAC had stopped the registration of alcoholic beverages in sachet and glass bottles below 200 mils in January 2022. The decision was based on the recommendation of a committee comprising NAFDAC, the Federal Ministry of Health, and the Federal Competition and Consumption Protection Commission in 2018. At the end of the committee meeting, producers of alcohol in sachet and small volume agreed to reduce the production by 5% with effect from January 31, 2022 while ensuring the product is completely phased out in the country by January 31, 2024. The Assistant Regulatory Officer, Federal Tax Force Investigation and Enforcement Directorate, NAFDAQ, Umar Suleiman, explained that the factories were sealed and products confiscated due to non-compliance to the directive to stop production, among other offenses. We visited about seven or six facilities. Some have relocated to east some are producing and for the ones that we sealed we seal one because of poor gmp that's good manufacturing practice and this facility is not registered he said the agency would leave no stone unturned in achieving its mandate hence it would ensure such products were off the market completely Mr. Suleiman, who stressed that the ban aimed to promote responsible alcohol consumption and reduce underage drinking, also cautioned against consumption of products not duly registered by NAFDAQ. The agency warned that those found violating its directives would be brought to book. The companies sealed are Good Life Production Factory, BMAC Nigeria Limited, and Stevenson Multiglobal. In Joss, Grace Damulak, Radio Nigeria. And the Nasarawa State Police Command says it did not grant approval for the formation of Fulani Nomad Vigilante Group recently inaugurated in the state by Mieti Ala Katohuri. Commissioner of Police in the state, Mr. Omar Nadada, stated this during an interaction with the leadership of the State Council of the Nigerian Union of Journalists, NUJ, in Lafia. Our correspondent, Chris Yamto, reports that the command has developed a new strategy to stem the tide of kidnapping around institutions of learning in the state. The visit of the officials of the Nasarawa State Council of the Nigeria Union of Journalists, NUJ, and members of the Correspondence Chapel of the Union to the State Police Command was to interface with the Commissioner on measures the police were taking to mitigate the state of insecurity in the state. Chairman of the State Council of the Nigeria Union of Journalists, Comrade Salu Alkali, disclosed that since the inauguration of the full and security outfit in the state, there had been apprehension and fear among residents, particularly on the modus operandi of the the group. He noted that Nasarawa State is made up of multi-ethnic nationalities who have coexisted peacefully for ages as according to him it was strange for a group to flood a security structure purportedly to protect the people. People are not happy. Some people will just come overnight and begin to form a particular vigilante. If they want to do that there are rules and regulations because we know every community if form any vigilante you know each and everyone in that community. The commissioner of police in the state Mr. Shehu Nadada pointed 
pointed out that the police were present at the inauguration of the Fulani Vigilante Group in Latvia to check any breach of law and order, maintaining that it was not an endorsement of the outfit. Ms. Nadada, however, emphasized that the police had adopted new ways of tackling cases of kidnapping and other criminal activities in strategic areas of the state, including schools. I made a proposal to strengthen the anti-kidnapping unit of the command. We have only two teams of anti-kidnapping unit, and these two teams cover the whole state. I have intention of trying to expand coverage by having sector in Akwanga, Nasarawa, Karu, sector in Kif. The national president of Mieti, Alakautol Hore, Alajibel, Bodejo on the 17th of January 2024 inaugurated over 1,400 youths as the first batch of 4,000 members of the Fulani Vigilante Group in Lafia, the Nasarawa State Capital. In Lafia, Chris Nyamtu, Radio Nigeria. Meanwhile, the Minister of Police Affairs, Senator Ibrahim Gidam, says that he would explore revenue options to fund policing activities in the country. Senator Gidam hosted this at the opening of a stakeholders conference on internally generated revenue organized by the ministry in Abuja said more funding would improve the quality of policing and operations. The minister who was represented by the permanent secretary ministry of police affairs Dr. Nasir Saniguazo said the participants were expected to suggest internal revenue options for the ministry and its agencies. Earlier the director of finance and accounts Mr. Mrs. Bakri Mudupe explained that the budget of the ministry always recorded deficit, hence there was there is need to improve the revenue of the entire police formations. A group, Save Nigeria Movement, has urged the National Assembly to support the efforts of President Bola Tinubu in fighting insecurity in the country. At a news briefing in Abuja, the convener of the group, Reverend Solomon Semaka, called on the legislature to come clean over allegations of complicity by lawmakers in insecurity in parts of the country. It has become necessary for us to call on the National Assembly, especially the Senate, to act with all sincerity and fish out the bad eggs among its ranks. An unbiased public investigation is needed to assuage the anxiety of Nigerians at these trying times. Reverend Simaka wondered why the nation's security agents rated very high in Africa was finding it challenging to address insecurity in the country. The convener of Save Nigeria Movement said insecurity had affected everyone regardless of background, hence the need to come together and fight it head on. A Yoruba pan-social cultural group, Afenifere, has renewed its demand for the federal government to allow regional policing. The group, led by Chief, the chairman, Ondo State Chapter Chief Koride Duyile, gave the made the call during a condolence visit to Governor Biodun Oyebanji of Adoikiti, in Adoikiti over the recent murder of two traditional rulers and kidnapping of school children. He said the reform would enable each region to grow at its speed and give state governors more authority over their security affairs. The areas of security, things are not as they should be. The Amatek, which we have our ground in the southwest, should be empowered. And we want to appeal to the federal government to look into it and find a way to ensure that they are properly armed. The Ekiti State Governor, Mr. Biodun Oyebanji, who noted that the act was regrettable, vowed to bring the corporates to justice. It will be a mark of gratitude on my part. Mr. President really tried. The president was talking to me on a daily basis. He kept tap on 
everything, giving appropriate directive, telling you to go and meet what to do. It did not for one day leave us alone. Mr. Oyebanji thanked Afeni Ferry for their support and called on the group members to stay united for the sake of the Yoruba people and devise ways to help governors protect the Southwest region. Wherever you are in Nigeria, North, South, East and West, you can't miss Radio Nigeria Network News at 7 a.m., 4 p.m. and 10 p.m. every day. For advert placement and inquiry, contact any of our offices nationwide. Radio Nigeria, uplifting the people and uniting the nation. The Minister of the Federal Capital Territory, Mr. Yinsum Wiki, has called on prominent people living in Hybro in Abuja to pay their tax to enable government to carry out projects for the benefits of residents. He made the call in Abuja while flagging off the resurfacing of some roads in the Maitama district of Abuja. Mr. Wiki decried the extent to which some residents, especially the rich living in the Hybros, were not paying their taxes, a situation he said was detrimental to the development of the FCT. The minister warns that contractors found incompetent in handling projects would lose such contracts and advised local contractors to demonstrate competence and patriotism by ensuring quality jobs were done. He further urged residents, irrespective of party affiliation, to join hands with the government to develop the territory. Next is sports news. Nigeria can count on their star Victor Osime for their AFCON semi-final class with South Africa after the Napoli striker recovered from his abdominal discomfort and has landed in Buake where he joined his teammates in training. The 25-year-old forward did not travel with the squad yesterday after feeling some stomach pains. Staying in Abidjan with some of the national team's medical staff prompting fears that he may miss the game. Osime has played almost every available minute for Nigeria in their 2024 AFCON campaign, scoring once and providing two assists in their run to the semi-finals. The clearance is only for him to travel as he will still need to be observed and will only play if cleared by the team medical staff. And Bafana Bafana coach Hugo Bruce says Tapelo Maseko will play no more part in the Nations Cup but a late replacement will not be called off for the winger ahead of tomorrow's huge semi-final clash. Mameloli Sundown's young winger Maseko who has been used as a super sub by Bruce pulled up with a hamstring injury as South Africa saw of a determined cave Verd on penalties thanks to captain Ronwen Williams's four spectacular saves in the penalty shootout. Meanwhile, members of DR Congo's squad have used the opportunity of being in the international spotlight to call for peace in the troubled eastern region of their country. Dozens of armed groups, including the notorious M23 rebels, have long plagued the mineral rich east of the Central African nation, battling for control of the land there. DR Congo striker Cedric Mokambo wrote on social media, and I quote, Everyone sees the massacres in eastern Congo where everyone is silent. Use the same energy that you put into talking about the Nations Cup to highlight what is happening with us. There is no small gestures. DR Congo will play Afghan host Cote d'Ivoire tomorrow at 9 p.m. in Abidjan for a place in Sunday's final. The president of the country's football association said the squad planned to wear black armbands against the Ivorians as the mark of mourning and a show of solidarity for those recently affected by the conflict. And that's Sports News, I am Annabelle O'Quarry. And from sports, we'll move on to the commentary for tonight, which is on understanding federal government's policy on relocating some agencies to Lagos. It is written by 
Auhe Teifa of our Kaduna Zono Station. The recent announcement by the federal government to relocate some departments of the Central Bank of Nigeria, CBN, and the Federal Airports Authority of Nigeria, FAAN, back to Lagos, has continued to generate discussions and controversies among Nigerians. The federal government has hinged the relocation on reasons that were considered germane to the growth and development of the agencies and, by extension, the country. The Federal Airports Authority of Nigeria, FAAN, for instance, initiated the move to save cost as a statement issued by the Minister of Aviation and Aerospace Development, Festus Kayamo, confirmed that the agency has, over the years, occupied rented apartments in Abuja. According to the minister, the decision followed a comprehensive consultation between the new management, its unions and critical stakeholders, who regretted the fact that FAAN was paying millions of naira as rent in Abuja, while its expensive building facilities in Lagos were left to rot. It is therefore important to note that the major intention of the relocation by FAAN is to check waste of public funds and repuff that usually characterize rent payment by government agencies. Besides, it must be known that apart from accommodation that is very important to the smooth operations of FAAN, the Murtala Mohammed Airport, Lagos, in particular, is still and remains the foremost gateway to the outside world. Importantly, the volume of flights and other commercial activities within and around the airport is massive, and therefore, what should be expected is the full complement of staff to attend to passengers, including dealing with other issues affecting operations of the agency. As for the Central Bank of Nigeria, by the way, Lagos is the commercial nerve center of the entire country, and CBN, being a monetary policy regulator, needs to properly establish itself in the city to figure out the direction of commercial and monetary activities. Since announcement of the relocations were made public by the two agencies, there have been agitations and protests from some groups and personalities who kicked against the move and demanded a reversal. Specifically, people were of the opinion that the relocation was meant to underdevelop and marginalize the northern region. Although converses of this theory did not outline in details how the decision will marginalize the north. What the agitators have failed to understand is the fact that some key federal government agencies, such as the National Board for Technical Education, NBTE, National Teachers Institute, NTI, and Nigeria College of Aviation, among many others, have been operated in different locations outside Abuja, rendering their constitutional roles to Nigerians. In fact, there are so many federal government agencies operating in different parts of the country and attending to the needs of Nigerians in their very peculiar and unique ways. 
So therefore, it is not mandatory that all federal agencies must operate from Abuja. Rather, some of them should have been situated in states where their services will be needed the most. It is time Nigerians reason beyond religion, tribal and ethnic differences for the development of the nation. It will also be wise for Nigerians to rally support with the present government for the revival of alien industries in the country, fight crime and provide jobs for the teeming unemployed youths. That's commentary on understanding federal government policy on relocating some agencies to Lagos was written by Auhe Tefa and read by Joy Marker. And to end the news tonight, here is a quick look at our major stories. President Bola Ahmed Tinubu is set to flag off the construction of 20,000 housing units in the federal capital territory, out of which 3,112 units are to be constructed in Kasana. The Minister of State for Health and Social Welfare, Dr. Tunji Alausa, has announced additional funding for takeoff of six cancer centers across the country. The Nasarawa State Police Command says it did not grant approval for the formation of the Fulani Nomad Vigilante Group, recently inaugurated in the state by Mieti Ala Katohori. We also reported that the FCT administration has threatened sanction to sanctioned contractors found wanting in execution of projects. That's the news is edited by Abubakar Bestu and the production team. I'd like to say thank you to you for staying with us on the network service. Back to our FM stations across the country. I'm Princess Aburaro. Good night from here.